Welcome to Tabletop Players. My name is Ruin Ortega, and in this episode, I'm your keeper of arcane lore, because we're playing Pulp Cthulhu by Chaosium. Join with me, as always, is my co-host, Cade. Hi, I'm Cade. Pulp Cthulhu is an add-on to Call of Cthulhu, the eldritch horror tabletop role-playing system based on Lovecraftian lore. And rather than focusing solely on Lovecraft's works, this add-on takes some of that focus and turns it towards pulp comics and paperback novels uh, full of adventurers and, and people going to far-off lands. Um, and we had an absolute blast playing this game. It was ridiculous and funny and awesome and we just loved it i have to say i think this batch really showed the potential for all of us like i think it highlighted everything that we as individuals shine at oh man uh it pushed me as far as role play that's for sure uh yeah <laughs> well and if they've made it this far they've definitely seen that but our oh, coffee Carl. of the batch is Orlando Martinez Pink Bourbon by Phil and Sebastian Coffee Roasters. Cade, what do we rate this coffee? We gave this coffee a combined 4.25 out of 5 mutant fish people. I forgot what they were for a second. Mutant fish people. Uh, we really enjoyed this coffee, and we think that you will too. So make sure that you check it out and get yourself a bag. And with that, sit <laughs> grab a mug first, mm. then sit back. And listen to part four of Pulp Cthulhu by Chaosium. All right, well, we are back for the finale of our four-part Pulp Cthulhu batch. How are you guys doing tonight? Carl is not feeling good. <laughs> Carl wants to go home. That's <laughs> smacked around by those fishes. I mean, I feel like I got hit just as many times, but the damage rolls were like one, one, three, one. <laughs> yeah. I also had like some damage from previous sessions that was not mm. helping either, and I'm pretty weak to start. Well, now you have more health some more than metal the parts. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> You getting fancy, son. <laughs> Hook you up with all that fancy drip. Pimp my Carl. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely the best pun we've had on the show, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this has been one wild ride. Like I know that Pulp Cthulhu is really supposed to get crazy, but how do you guys feel about it so far? I think we're really pushing pulp with some of the crazier things we've been doing. I was but... going to say, I feel like we started in genre, and then who the knows? Who knows what the hell happened? It became a satire <laughs> part way through. We're just extra on the horror of pulp horror. Yeah. It's like the face-melting scene from Indiana Jones, but like over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I got nothing Carl's else. having yep. flashbacks. <laughs> He's just stuck in a loop. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, last time you guys got uh, off of a crazy exploding island into a zeppelin, where you then uh, tortured a very, very innocent and green uh, devilfish, uh, before then having an all-out uh, 
barroom gambling room fight with uh, many, many fish folk. You know what? Um, they got devil in the name. There's no innocence. And that sentence alone encapsulates just how crazy this system has been. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait to do our review episode. I cannot <laughs> wait. <laughs> All right, guys. Hated it. Terrible system. Worst thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have a single lick of fun. Not at all. Well, Carl was left bleeding and severely impaled by a trident before Francis just heroically saved him from complete devastating death. Uh, However, now he's lying on the ground and bleeding out. So what are we going to do about that? We going to fix him. We have the technology. We're going to turn him into the what is probably now like the $80 man. <laughs> These have been pretty scrap parts, if we're being honest. Using poker chips and playing cards for certain things. <laughs> yeah. This is like Iron Man's first armor that he made in the cave, not the, the Iron Man armor that he made with the millions of dollars. This is yeah. if that original armor tried to make an armor. <laughs> 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 Well, Dr. Stephenson, take it away. What are you doing to patch poor Carl up? Um, I mean, he's going to use the tinker trunk there to start throwing around some healing. Just a good okay. old medicine roll. What do we got there? I mean, it's under a 90, so it's always solid. That's just a normal success. But where did he get stabbed? The shoulder, the right shoulder area. Somebody's getting a robot shoulder. And he's going in. Those robot arms are like hacking out like whole sections of bone. Just does he have morphine? Is he awake? I feel like I lose at least four hit points just in surgery. (laughs) No, these hands, these robot hands are amazing. You've never had finer surgery. You do have like they got a couple of needles. That's a good point. He's like 12. Yeah. I've only had surgery uh, from this weird old man on this island. <laughs> I don't know why um, your parents sent you with him, but that's what they get. I, real question. Like, I need an answer, though. Is he. Did you give him any sort of anesthetic or anything? I would assume, like, there's something. Like, I don't think he's that much of a psychopath that he thinks you're going to somehow take your shoulder getting cut up. He's just, like, like scarecrow sprays. I, like,. I like how for Dr. Stephenson, like, I would assume there's something is the equivalent, <laughs> is as close to a yes as you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like he doesn't know answer. the robot hands gave it to him. He doesn't Do- know what they're giving him. Dr. Stephenson needs to roll luck. <laughs> ah, psh, easy. Easy. I feel like I had to roll luck. I'll be the judge, <laughs> sir. <laughs> That is not easy. I mean, I only had 20 luck anyways, but that's a solid 82. Ooh. So Carl's going to be awake during this procedure. And, um... I'm still Carl, healing him. Am I losing hit points or sanity? <laughs> Which sanity. one are you doing to me, Ruin? Sanity. <laughs> As Dr. Stephenson's robotic devices just dig right into you. 89 but... over 19. <laughs> But the worst part is, is that Carl kind of enjoys it. He does. Likes pain. <laughs> so while he's deepening into this, like, this manic psychosis or whatever you want to call it, uh, you're going to take 1d3 of, of sanity damage. So that's three. Uh, oh. 
Are you okay. at a fifth? So for my fifth, is that a fifth of what I started with today? Or is that yes. a fifth? Well, guess what? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to reach for my keeper's rule book uh, and page, I think it's page 160. I you have, have never... 16 sanity. I do have 16 point? now, yes. Oh, man. I have never felt so targeted by a system <laughs> in I mean, all DCC. the games we've played this before. Even it's DCC just, didn't DCC feel like it was... really f***ed you up. Yeah, but it didn't feel like it was like personally directed at me. <laughs> it's because it's a snowball effect. Because when you lose sanity, it goes down, so right? it's harder to succeed the next time. And it keeps going and going and going. Okay, so first I'm going to need you to roll a d10. Yeah. That's an eight. Alright, let's let's see what an eight is on our fancy chart for sanity. You have so much HP though. Don't worry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is easy, buddy. Yeah. You're just going to break out into uh hysterics and uh and or emotional outbursts. Oh, and does anything in particular trigger these or just I, I'm gonna do it. Just... Okay, well, I assume that since like Carl enjoys pain, it's laughing. Uh, so it's it's out of like pure ecstasy. I know I'm kind of the role play guy, but this is really pushing what I'm capable of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so as he's doing surgery on me, I'm just sitting there and just like <laughs> burn it all. <laughs> I feel like I need a sanity check. Like, <laughs> we can make that happen. Yeah. I mean, don't do it. It's a trap. <laughs> Roll sanity. I did, and I rolled seven, so I'm good. No, you're good. Just like Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That kid ain't right. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, Dr. Stephenson, how many hit points did you uh, heal? I did roll a four, so it was worth it, guys. Yeah. Top top dice for you, Cade. So I get four health back? Yes. Now, describe exactly what you do to his shoulder. I feel like he's just got, like, a full replacement joint, and that are might as well be, you know, like, not, like, professional, like, baseball player or anything like that, but, like, a real good throw, at the very least. Maybe he doesn't throw with it. I don't know what he does. He has telekinesis, so it's kind of pointless, but he's got, it's it's just, like, the best shoulder you've ever had. All right. There's a little oh. extra twist in it. Based on that, I'm going to give Cade's character 1d10 worth of dexterity permanently. Nine. Mm, or you could have it in strength. Whichever one you uh, want. I'm going to take it in strength because my dexterity is already pretty solid. Alright, um, that's fair. All right, it's all so. coming up Carl as far as I'm concerned right now, guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Eight hit points isn't exactly coming up Carl. Nope. <laughs> While the, the good doctor is putting his tools away, I'm just going to discreetly like fix the damage that he did with the first aid check. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> and I got a, a hard success. All right. Uh, so one, that's just another 1d4? Is yes. that what that is? No, it's 1d3. Check? Isn't it? Okay. It's 1d4. I'm not sure it's the first pulp. time I've ever made. Oh, yeah, it's 1d4? Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. They give okay. you that extra health. Uh, three. All, All right, right, so he gets three more. Someone You're right. So in, 
<laughs> in regular Cthulhu, it's one HP for a first aid check always. But for a medicine check, it's a D3. And yes, you're right, Jaden, it's a D4. Because we were surprised by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, they give you a lot of healing and pulp, but it seems reasonable. I mean, we have a lot of health. Not a lot of sanity for Carl, but that's the way it goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, and yeah, you guys, uh, you managed to spend an hour or two uh, tinkering. <laughs> uh, I want to put poker chips over the eyes of the dead fishmen, like pennies for the ferryman, <laughs> while we're waiting here for an hour. So in my mind, they're just like now playing poker on the river sticks with Karen. Is it Karen Chiron? Chiron. Chiron, yeah. You sure it's not Sharon? Because it could be. It could be. I actually like the idea that it would be a Karen, and it's just like, you know, the spiky blonde hair being like, oh, you think you're going to cross my river sticks, huh? (laughs) It's going to cost you. First, I'll speak to your manager. I hope we don't have any listeners named Karen. We don't, but... I feel like if... If there's a person named Karen and they play tabletop, they enjoy the jokes. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> or we've lost a diehard fan. Yeah. Been with us since day one. Their act, the real name of, I forget his name, the guy who retweets everything we post. Fred. Um, but we haven't heard from Fred in a while. We we'll haven't heard from Fred. Since we fair, called him out, really, we haven't heard yeah. from him. <laughs> to be fair, I've been really bad at Twitter. Uh, poor, he moved on. You lost, like, the greatest fat ever. Oh, no. Whatever, first Hall of Famer. (laughs) Oh, but, but when we get to our side table, we have some more mail from John Williams. Heck, yeah. The real MVP of the show. It's coming through. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Carl, you're feeling a bit better, and the three of you look towards... (laughs) Well, <laughs> I mean that's between you and Carl's God, but we'll say you are there is now. no God. God is dead. <laughs> there is only fire and darkness. <laughs> the two true gods. Uh, okay. Well, you all look towards the front of the Zeppelin. You're about halfway through the ship at this point. Pop this map open again. Oh, God. Well, that that thing also said that there was nine of them on the ship, so there might not be anybody left. So I say we just boot the door open and go through the passenger compartments. I mean, our interrogation was so <laughs> thorough and well executed. I have to believe everything that the fishman said. Yeah, he was he was weak. He, he, yeah. he wouldn't lie. Yeah, I think so. I think we did great. It was perfect. We couldn't <laughs> have asked for a better bathroom interrogation. I think. Little robot hands pops out and Dr. Stephenson fist bumps it. <laughs> all right. Well, as you start just booting open all the doors on the way through, you do find that, yeah, it's it's perfectly empty. And then you make your way to the front to where it's labeled the Sky Bridge. And there's one last door, although it appears to be uh, a pretty big one. Is there any markings on it that look chain like in nature there is not what about like emotional chains <laughs> how <laughs> fluid max the chain <laughs> is there two chains we don't uh, talk about him on this podcast 
that's where we're drawing the law the line ruin really <laughs> <laughs> no i already admitted that i listened to a little hollywood undead here and there so you know gross well <laughs> we've went into this before we have been into this before and you know what i did say to my wife the one day i was like you know now that we have a daughter i'm not sure how i feel see anyway yeah <laughs> we digress okay Bob's so gonna open the door then yeah like there's really nowhere else for us to go we're on a blip <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna jump out the oh, oh, another door. We're going skydiving. That's what I want to do. Well, uh, it appears that the door must be reinforced a bit because as well, you go to open it, it doesn't want to budge. I actually I... want to check the captain's quarters too first before we get too far ahead of ourselves. Since okay. the door is locked anyway, or whatever, we can't open it right away. I was gonna mm-hmm. telekinetically blast the door but fine we can check the captain's well, i mean you can do that too no we'll check the captain's quarters first and then <laughs> okay uh so you open up the door you just you just barge in yep okay and in front of you appears to be some sort of sleeping fish man with a little hat on and he's snoozing away um i roll a stealth uh, okay just a regular success <laughs> okay yeah, you managed to sneak in. Uh, bust out the rope and try and, like, tie him up real quick. Like, just to the bed? Yeah. Okay, roll, uh, uh, oh, we used your, um, intelligence before, right? Or, no, your education. Yeah. Uh, gonna spend six points of luck to make it a regular success. Do it? Yeah. All right. So this so guy you... slept through us, fighting nine fishmen, and then... Carl screaming his head off for an hour while we operated on him. I feel like a Zeppelin would have a lot of, like, humming and machinery mm-hmm. working. And also there's, like, a pretty good amount of uh, good space amount of between. Yeah. Yeah. But you managed to tie him up. And he, he just at the last second, he, he wakes up as you, like, pinch off the ropes. And he's like, huh, 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 what, what are you doing? What, why am I tied up? I just hold the gun to his head and say, "Where's Caspian?" Uh, uh, he should be in his lab. I, I, we're not, we're not Is that set on to the leave. Sky Bridge? We're, no, it's on the island. We're not, le- we're not about to leave until like, like it's six o'clock. How do we get into the Sky Bridge? Go, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's from. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm really confused. Who are you? Is there a window? That's for me to know and for you to find out. How do I get into the sky bridge, fish man? <laughs> well, uh, Dr. Caspian has uh, this little electronic gizmo that he it, it sets off like a, a pulse magnet. Uh, see, I'm, I'm not actually allowed in there unless he's here because he doesn't want anybody like, taking off with, without him. This is his master escape plan, don't you know? Don't you know? <laughs> I uh, look back at you guys if you want to ask any other questions. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Stephenson feeds him one little piece of sushi. There you go, buddy. It just walks away. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is pretty good. What is this? Here you got me some mackerel or something. Um, he, he's this, like, really old fishman. Like, looks like your typical, like, ship captain, but, like, a fish. <laughs> Carl is in the corner starting a small fire in a garbage can. Uh. <laughs> well, if you can't help us get into the sky bridge, it's going to be pretty unfortunate for you, old timer. 
Listen, pal, I've been sailing the sea since before you were even just a minnow in your mother's eye. Alright, so you can't scare me. I've seen I've seen typhoons bigger than you. As Carl lights the like gets the fire in the garbage can going, he like telekinetically lifts it up and moves it onto the desk that the captain is sitting at and just stares <laughs> at him. <laughs> the uh the oh, can you do an intimidate roll, please? <laughs> uh, intimidate is surprisingly really, really bad. Um, despite the things I am doing. I feel like he gets a bonus because of the situation. He is tied down. So is that yes to bonus? Yeah. Yeah. I rolled the exact same thing twice. And it's a fail. Nice. Uh, hey, are you close with luck? Uh I mean, ordinarily no, but knowing that either way the campaign ends in this session, uh, <laughs> can I burn 40 points of luck? <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you yes, but I will remind you that uh, one of the luck rolls or the, the luck maneuvers that you can use is to stop yourself from death, and that requires like 30 points of luck to do it. I feel like that ship has sailed, man. Uh, <laughs> like I said, between Carl and his god, so go for it. All right, yeah, I think I'm, I'm doing it. So yeah, I'm gonna burn my forty points of luck. Uh, I mean, I still have seventeen. Um, okay, so I'm not like totally out of it. Um, All right, yeah, I'll burn to make a regular well, success. Yeah, you uh, you managed to uh, succeed, and the the captain just looks at the trash can. There is like, huh. But I, I've been known to negotiate. What do you need from me? We get into the sky bridge. <sighs> okay. Um, I might be able to talk him through it. Talk who through? Through what? Uh, the Caspian to open up the door. I uh, see. He only has a rudimentary knowledge of flying this ship, and I've been I've been at it since he was also a polywog. So you know, if he lets me in, then uh, uh, we're good to go. Okay. Well, I'm gonna tie him up uh, exactly like they did in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, with like his <laughs> pants around his ankles and his uh, hands tied to his ankles as well, <laughs> just for comedic effect. Okay. And he'd, like, march him over there? Mm-hmm. All right, and then what? Uh, knock on the door with the uh, barrel of the gun like they do in the Hollywood movies. All right, so he lets out this pretty sharp rapping sound, and then you hear the captain, Oh, hey, do, do, Dr. Dr. Uh, Dr. Resks, I mean, Dr. Dr. Caspian, uh, hey, just uh, wondering how you're doing in there. Uh, it looks like you totally escaped those guys uh, who were chasing you, and you must have left them behind on the island, uh, which I assume means that your master plan of blowing the whole thing up with the volcano uh, has succeeded, and uh, they're probably scorched to bits, and um, we're good to go, and nothing's going to foil your plan. And Good job, you, fish man. <laughs> you you hear from the inside the the cabin. You hear ah, Marcel, my favorite mackerel. Yes, come on in. <laughs> we are indeed about to cross over the Mid Atlantic, where Hydra City is, and. He, uh, you hear as a, a clicking as the door opens in front of you. 
And as you you open it up, you see that uh, Caspian has not even turned his back. He is uh, um, he is facing forward, driving the Zeppelin uh, through the air, and appears to be uh, quite methodically, um, I guess, uh, uh, piloting. I guess is what the right term for this because it's still a, a ship. So he is piloting the Zeppelin through the air. Do I see any chains around? Um, <laughs> not that, like, there's nothing too obvious that you can see. If anybody else <laughs> wants to do something, go ahead. Because otherwise I'm going to do something and there's really no coming back from it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the best thing to do in this type of situation. I'm going to shoot him. Uh. <laughs> Alright. Well, giggling is... like a maniac, lift up my gun and <laughs> So as as you're drawing your gun, you hear him be like, ah, come on in, Marcel. We've got plenty of trip left before us. <laughs> we could break out the old scotch because it is my time. <laughs> it's Rex's time. And I, uh, hold on, I, I imitate the Marcel guy's <laughs> voice like Where's the Scotch? <laughs> Oh, Marcel, have you caught a cold? It's sounding rather gruff. <laughs> and then Carl just, just draws and point blank to the back of the head, fires. How about extreme success? Mm, full max damage. Uh, so that's a d10, you said? Yeah. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so 10. So and with uh, with uh, Max Ramage, uh, sorry, Max Rax, Ramage, Max Ramage, <laughs> we are rubbing this blood to the speed. Rubbing speed. Oh gosh, our listeners' ears must hurt right now. Um, <laughs> um, with maximum damage. Uh, actually, sorry, it's not maximum damage because uh, I'm thinking a critical. It wasn't a critical. Was it like a one? No, it was a six. Okay, so just an extreme. So just roll it. It was a roll the the ten. Oh. Uh, seven. Seven. All right. So you manage to shoot him in the back of the head and he falls forward onto the controls and the blimp starts to very just like floatily aim downwards towards the ocean. And I'm just, again, just like standing over him, just like giggling. <laughs> I come up and like pat him on the shoulder like, good, good job. Good, good job, Carl. Good, um, uh, good job. Dr. Oh, Stephenson is going to rip... Oh, he's going to rip the ropes of the pilot guy so he can pilot the ship. And he's going to throw him at the helm. <laughs> That's fair. All right, so uh, as he, like, pushes Caspian out of the way and, like, looks down, it's like, well, uh, wouldn't be the first time I shot in blood. Uh, he, he sits himself down and writes the zeppelin into the air and as he does so the whole ship lurches forward and all of you will have to make a dexterity roll to catch yourselves from falling so carl manages to grab the back of the seat and dr stephenson uses uh his robotic legs to like kind of propel a little bit backwards to stop himself from falling forward but francis you you slam full on into the the right side of the cabin and take one damage um however the whole zeppelin 
feels like it's come to a standstill. Almost like the the forces of motion, you can feel them loosen off of your bodies. And the captain goes, Oh, I, I don't understand. We, oh no. And then you can see as there's this like overly large, almost like side view mirror off the side of the Zeppelin. And he's <laughs> looking and being like, it can't be. Mecha Hydra has us. <laughs> and as the three of you peer out the side and into the mirror, you see the clawed hand of Mecha Hydra holding the back of the Zeppelin. Was this part of their plan? Yeah, the plan was to let it kill him? I'm not sure. Or did he it's, just not uh, plan it well and now it's like a Frankenstein's monster kind of situation? <laughs> the captain's like, oh, No, the plan was supposed to be that we would get out of here because that thing kills anything in sight. It has no soul. It's just an automaton. So no one thought that it would follow the only living thing leaving the island? It had a GPS coordinate set, and it just was kill anything in the way of that path. We didn't think we'd be in that path. Well, everything burns. <laughs> I think Carl has a plan. I think 135,000 tons of hydrogen <laughs> gas could Got probably it. blow up this robot. If if we let it pull us closer, it can blow the whole thing up. <laughs> How do you guys, if all three of you die, <laughs> as long game as the over. chains break too, but they would have to break first, and you're closer to the ignition. So one of us jumps out of the ship right before it starts exploding, and they fall away okay. from it, hopefully getting away from the explosion faster, and then it kills the chains, and then we also, get taken back. Are you Period. sure that the Hydra has the chain? Nope. We're in the middle of the ocean. With a giant city in front of you, under the water. We're taking over the robot. I mean... If you know how to do like that, a, go a for cool it. Idea. <laughs> I mean, I think the doctor's willing to try. Okay, how are we you going to get, get on it? it? <laughs> I mean, it's holding us. We could run on its arm. That seems smart, right? Maybe I have magnet feet. But if it's I don't a, know. like an automaton, like it... that means that like it wouldn't have like a command center because the auto in automaton <laughs> implies no people <laughs> absolutely but he put a ladder on the far side of a freaking cathedral you're really hung up on this ladder looking like a silly dude well i'm just saying you could build a ladder anywhere why would you run away like that totally undercuts your whole monologue like it's just terrible design factor not, I'm not saying that about you either, Ruin. I'm simply know, saying I that know. as an architectural critique. I know. <laughs> so I think we could do it. He must have done something crazy. I or feel you like... You stay here and blow it up if I can't. I feel like Carl is blowing up this blimp before this episode is over either way. So whether we Absolutely. are in it or we ram it into the 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 city somehow, or if it's as we're getting into the the mech, I I don't care. Some way though, I'm just gonna there's say, parachutes. Go ahead. I was gonna say there is no way that pyromaniac Carl is letting go <laughs> of this big of an explosion. 
I think he That's would fair. just like combust emotionally himself if he <laughs> let that opportunity slide. <laughs> I'm gonna say parachutes existed at this point in time, and I'm pretty sure this guy's epic escape plan would have some parachutes in the blimp. I don't know. Have you ever heard my ladder argument? <laughs> <laughs> true story. True story. <laughs> Um, I don't know. We got a lot of options here. I the, say we do all three. Well, I'll run down the arm, you blow up the ship, and then Francis parachutes, and it's gonna work out some way, hopefully. Let's go to see where the arm is connected first, and we'll assess the situation. I feel like we also don't have a whole lot of time. Like, I feel like this mecha thing isn't just, like, content to hold us while we figure out what we're doing to stop it. I feel like it's probably pulling us in to I kill us a small in hole in its foot. So, we have that going for us. It's <laughs> slightly uh, less hydrodynamic. Uh, and, and on that thought, you can feel as every so often the, the Zeppelin gets pulled down, almost like it's descending further and further into the ocean. So, here's my thought beat? process. I feel like the chains are not in the city because I don't feel like... Uh, the the big bad guy would set the chains in a place where if the heroes did absolutely nothing they would still get broken (laughs) (laughs) I won't lie to you that did cross my mind (laughs) I was like wait if the whole plot is that like people had to fail and then it wouldn't break what happens if the mecha just, like, goes and destroys? That wouldn't work. Yeah. But so, maybe yeah. I found a way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who else? Who really gets hurt here other than you if we kill your meta? The listeners. I'd like to think that they've been paying attention rapidly each week. We already I talked about so. it. They all listen to episode three and then nothing else. So like... <laughs> They've never heard anything about this core we're speaking no. of. Because it's never in episode three. <laughs> <laughs> like, Chains core? What? Is... what? <laughs> I don't know what to do, guys. Like I said, let's go check where the arm is connected to us and see what we can do. Yeah, wherever we could get a better angle or a better view on the situation would be nice. Um, so you managed to uh, make your way back to the saloon. And when you look through the door towards where the washrooms and the, the stowaway was, you can see that the, it, the the back end has been crumpled. Like it's holding on to, to there. And there's holes that uh, show the air around the, the Zeppelin and... and uh, torn and crunched metal is there anything we could break free that would make its grip slip um it's a it's a lot of metal so unless you cause like a pretty major explosion but then again (laughs) hydrogen (laughs) and how close is the city to where we are uh i don't think that that's something you would know but considering this thing is like but we can't see it no it's it's an underwater okay yeah I feel like we can't ride along into this, you know, into the water with this thing unless we get inside it, because otherwise we're just going to get drowned. Yeah. Can we breathe hydrogen? I know we can't. Well, I mean, trace amounts, but let's go for it, guys. What if, and hear me out, what if when we killed the doctor, 
we broke the chain of command and we've already won. <laughs> That's a silly metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I but think you're not closest, saying he's wrong. I think that was the closest we've ever had ruin as a DM. Just be like, shut the <laughs> up, Kate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the one that stays in. <laughs> That's the one. Oh. Well, as you were standing there, looking down the crumpled passageway at the clawed grip of Mecha Hydra, you hear the doors open oh behind you, and all of a sudden, you hear, <laughs> You thought one bullet would kill me? <laughs> How little you know of me. And when you turn to glance back, you see the bloodied front face that's been blown apart of Dr. Caspian, where one half of his face, like Two-Face, is still, yeah, it would blow forward. Uh, you, yeah, you, right. you shot at the back, so it would blow yeah. open at the, yeah. There's stuff in between that's kind of important. <laughs> How would you know? They're fish people. He's using his second fish brain. <laughs> it's almost like Two-Face, where half of his face is blown off, just pulpy mess, and the rest is intact. And It's like, I will see the destruction of Dagon and Hydra City. I mean, you definitely will. We're going with your stupid robot. <laughs> your plan, terrible. <laughs> and as he... he spits one last growl in your direction he draws out a large very um comically sized harpoon gun and goes to fire upon the three of you <laughs> he can't use he can't use real bullets and stuff he might accidentally blow you all up can i just like telekinesis push him <laughs> Uh, you can attempt to. I would need a hard success because he's going to... Or actually, I'll need him to fire his harpoon gun first. Uh, you'll definitely need a hard success. So, I assume that, like... What what would Carl do when he sees this harpoon gun being aimed at him? And yet he wants to use his telekinesis powers. Uh, he'd probably, like, laugh. Uh, again, like he's freaking insane. Uh, he's gonna just like giggle and and like extend a hand to like try to push this guy um, so that he can take the harpoon gun and use it on himself. Probably, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so as he does this, Doctor Caspian fires the harpoon gun and it goes through his Carl's hand for one damage, but uh, doesn't actually hit the like major part of his body. But Carl is definitely like pushed back into the wall where he's stuck with the harpoon. <laughs> Carl looks at his hand. <laughs> uh, and uh, Dr. Stephenson and Francis, how are you going to respond to being fired upon with a harpoon gun? Uh, run up to him and try and cut off his shooting hand. Okay, please do so. Yeah. For a normal success. All right. 
Uh, well, he does manage to dodge with a hard success. So as you as you come and try to cleave at him, he throws his harpoon gun at you, and that's enough to like spook you so that he dekes you out. And uh, he dances around, but he goes right into Doctor Stephenson's uh, path. Oh, beautiful! Doctor Stephenson is gonna take out the tiny little camera that he took in the first um, session of this th- of the campaign here and he's gonna look and he's oh yeah this is the moment he said have you ever heard of privacy and he's gonna punch it into his like big open face wound <laughs> all right uh yeah it would be a fighting brawl yeah. it's an improvised weapon nice that is a hard success all right you uh you managed to deal damage to him i'm gonna say it's the same as a club which is what 1d8 <laughs> It's a hard camera. I don't know. I don't. I've never swung a club. Let me see. Lots of reference to the word club. All them nightclubs. How hard yeah. does that hit? Huh? When they drop the base? <laughs> don't shake your head at me. No, I will. <laughs> yeah, club is one d eight. Okay. <laughs> That is five damage. All right, and you you managed to just shove this camera inside the, the the side of his skull that's exposed and breaking further further bone and cartilage, and somehow he is he is still kicking. Doctor Stephenson's wondering like, oh, how does he do it with all flesh? Where's the machines? Well, I mean, I added a little bit of a machine. He's got a camera eye now, so he's a bit better. <laughs> It's fair. And Carl, you're now pinned up against the wall. What are you going to do? Um, I mean, I could take a shot at him, I guess, with my gun. Mm-hmm. Could you tell or you could take... throw the harpoon back? That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, okay. We'll do that. <laughs> so, yeah, telekinetically try to throw the harpoon back at him. Uh, no, I missed. <sighs> Sorry. How badly did you miss? Uh, fifteen over. Oh, okay. That's not bad. You know I what? Have seventeen I s- luck. <laughs> <laughs> to hell with it. It's the last session. We're doing. Oh no! It. It's it's combat. You can't. Oh, it is it's combat. combat. Uh, yeah, but it's combat. telekinesis is not a combat like skill. It's just its own check. But it's in the midst of combat. Mm, all right. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate the uh, the try, though. Yeah. Um, Carl just, like, is, like, looking and straining. One extra vessel just bursts in his the side of his head. But uh, it does not move. All right. That would be back. my turn, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Dr. Stephenson is going to act. Uh, and he's, like, just keeled over in pain from this camera being shoved in his face and he's like i knew that cl- closed circuit would come back to haunt me <laughs> uh, and he he tries to to shamble towards dr stephenson and uh take a take a running tackle at him um i don't know i feel like i would want to punch him when he walked by maybe throw a knee into his face would really be what i would yeah, do that. Yeah, and that is a hard success. All right, roll damage because as he goes to tackle you, he, he must be so weak because he just 
gives you a nice old hug as he's trying to move <laughs> you and, and, and shove you to the ground, but he's, he can't. It's just from one lover of science to another. <laughs> <laughs> That's three damage. We could have been great together, you and I. <laughs> Should have invited me sooner. I would have had a robot that wouldn't have grabbed us in the middle of your mission. <laughs> uh, and as you deal this one last blow to him, you crumple in the remaining side of his face and he falls to the ground. You hope he's dead at this point, honestly. I'm going to make sure. This is not something that you risk. Like, I don't know what way I can be assured that he's done. I'm throwing him out of one of the holes. Is there enough of a hole to throw him out of? Yeah, I mean, there's windows all over the place. Uh, There's the crumpled tail end. Yeah, you definitely could. Yeah, I'm throwing him out. (laughs) All right, do it. Okay. I actually roll a throw. <laughs> you don't throw him out. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> he just like bounces and lays there and you just leave him. What do we got there? That is a normal success. All right. Yeah. You you grab him and you open up the door towards where the clawed hand is and you see the biggest hole in the right hand side that you can and you just hurl him into the sea. He may have had something on his body, but whatever. That's fair. Well, you guys still have to get out of here, even though the uh, big bad has been defeated. But for now, uh, I'm out of coffee and I could use a refill. Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Hey, tabletop players. It's Ruin here. Hi, I'm Kate from the beginning and now the middle and hopefully still at the end. We hope you're enjoying the episode and we're just taking a quick coffee refill. And while we're doing that, we're going to update you on some of our uh, social media and different things that we have going on in the Natural 20, which if you don't know, is where we play all of our fictional games. It's also fictional, but we pretend it's real. So it's as real as we want it to be. When the podcast gets real big, we're going to make a real cafe called the Natural 20. Ruin is just finding out about this now but this is a thing that we want to do Uh, I'm really excited about it yeah no we have social media all over the place we're on pretty much everything Facebook for all the older folks Instagram and Twitter for the middle aged people and other things do we have other things are we on TikTok what is a TikTok you're starting to show your age anyways make sure you follow us on those places where you can get all of our updates usually weekly sometimes daily it kind of depends on how we're feeling especially instagram that's where the we're the most active so make sure you hit a follow there also make sure that you uh give us a review on apple uh podcasts because that's where uh, we get a lot of the listens from and people send good feelings our way as well if you're listening on spotify make sure that you actually follow us that way you don't have to go and find the episode every time. And it looks like there's a whole bunch of people following us. And that really helps us with our egos. Mm-hmm. Also, we have a Patreon launching so that we can deliver even more content to you. Kate, what's on our Patreon? 
Oh, man. We have been trying to push Ruin to make a Patreon forever, and we finally broke him, guys. So, we have a Patreon, and if you are willing to part with some of your hard-earned coffee money, uh, you can get some really awesome exclusive content. Uh, we have everything from audio shout-outs uh, to access to the Natural 20 Cafe Discord server, where you and all the other patrons can get together, talk to us hosts, share ideas about all things tabletop and coffee-related. We also have at least... Three exclusive side podcasts that you can check out, exploring everything from uh, how to be a, a DM to solo adventures run by Ruin to interviews with industry professionals, um, as well as we are putting up unedited or at least sl only slightly edited versions of our podcast episodes so that you can listen to them there, uh, as well as anything else that we come up with in the next little while if you want to help us continue making this awesome content for you guys uh we would really really appreciate if you would consider checking out the patreon and maybe chipping us a couple of bucks a lunia or a yeah. if you're canadian as well yeah exactly the starting tier is just a three dollars that's just slightly more than a regular coffee from tim hortons uh and you could get as fancy as a $100 donation, which would go towards you buying us a tabletop system that we will review on the show. For sure. We do want to be clear, though, that absolutely nothing is changing with all of our free content. If you are just comfortable listening to what we already have, it's not going anywhere. You don't need to go to Patreon. However, we would really appreciate it, and we're going to be making even more extra bonus stuff for you guys. Regardless, make sure you hit us up on all of our social media because that's where you'll find any sort of contests or giveaways that we will be doing for the show like we've done in the past. But with that, I think the coffee's done, so we should get back to it. And we're back and highly caffeinated. All right, guys, you have destroyed Dr. Caspian. Or have you? Villains always seem to come back when you least expect it. Uh, but now you've got a giant Mecha Hydra holding your Zeppelin and descending further and further into the ocean. So we're in the same dilemma that we were in before. Yes. Um, does it look like I could climb to the robot and do anything on the robot useful? Uh, well, the hand is outstretched pretty good and hasn't, like, retracted or anything. Um, why don't you give me an intelligence check? I can. Hard success. So, you you see, when looking at it, you see this, like, it's, it's almost like the, the part of the arm on the top is, like, flattened. Almost like it was built with this idea that you could walk across it like a platform. Like, this thing was meant to, like, uh, attach itself to different locations and people could get out and walk across this. Like, you see little railings and everything. Oh, road trip. There we go. He's going across that arm. Sure. I'll okay. Follow. All three of you? Yeah. All right. Well, I it is a little bit... Uh, a little bit <laughs> shaky uh and and difficult because of the movements and jostling back and forth so i'm gonna get a climb roll from each of you as you're trying to make your way across this platform and the hand uh regular success fail i also got a regular success all right well uh carl and dr stephenson managed to clamber up this walkway and across 
however as as francis goes to the the whole mecha hydra steps downwards and must have hit some sort of like rocky ravine underneath because the whole thing jumps and francis gets flung over the side and he'll need to make a dexterity check to see if he can grab a hold of the railing fail Ooh, how bad uh, by 27 could you use luck no could oh. i could i use telekinesis to catch him Yes, but because of the size, you'll need a hard. He's a full-grown human. I mean, I got nothing to lose, so... Yeah. Hell yeah, hard success. <laughs> so 26 very, over 30. Very slow motion, like, his hand slips and the last finger just drops off the railing. And as he's falling down, he's thinking to himself... Maybe I should have stayed in the war. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> Carl reaches out when all, like, the last couple of times have failed. And yet, he feels it as his mind reaches tendrils out and grabs a hold of Francis and lifts him delicately back up to the Zeppelin. Like, by his ears. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve to see the glorious darkness when it finally arises. <laughs> Thank you, my son. The one true savior. <laughs> That's Charles or uh, Carl's now like end stories, and he starts a cult. Uh, like <laughs> and uh, Doctor Stephenson and Carl, as you make your way across the platform with Francis back on the Zeppelin, when you come to the head of the Hydra, you notice is that a. A porthole on the side of the head? It better be. <laughs> it's it's going to be real awkward if it isn't. Stuck out here. <laughs> as you turn the valve to release it and open it up, you look inside and you see the surprised face of a very small devil fish who just appears to be relaxing reading a romance novel. And he's just like, oh god, oh, 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 can I help you? <clears throat> Have I mean, yeah, you chains. Can... <laughs> 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 chains? <laughs> yeah, you mean the one that attaches the, the the spine? We want to move the blimp to the back of the hydra. <laughs> Tie him up. <laughs> so he's like, he looks at you. He's like, yeah, you want to do what? I didn't stutter. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eddie, you can see him as he's kind of confused, but then he's like, ah, just one sec, I have to override the the, the autopilot. And he, he starts to, like, pull levers and stuff, and, and, and one doesn't quite work, so he just gets up and starts booting it. And then <laughs> there's, like, a little bit of a sparking, and uh, it definitely is damaged. And then he's like, okay, uh, the autopilot has been overridden, so uh, let me just, let me, let me just... And he grabs the one lever, and the whole thing, like, spins around. He's, ah, I'm sorry, rock lever, rock lever! He grabs a different one, and the arm, like, starts, like... You see out the porthole as it, like, goes back completely and just stops. That'll do. So, uh, how close can I get to the the blimp from, like, with the positioning of where the arm is now? Like, um, 
Well, the walkway is currently upside down, so you couldn't get to the blimp. I could climb. Um, ooh, yeah, but there's no like good climbing place. So you could. It would require probably probably a hard climb because it's uh, pretty rounded and like you'd be looking at climbing cables and stuff, and not like a, like a ladder or a, a, a solid rock wall or something like that. Okay. Before I commit to a wildly uh, <laughs> unrecommended course of action uh would i be able to get close enough that i can flamethrower it with my nose um without doing some hardcore parkour in my mind your flamethrower is like 10 feet so no all right then i'm climbing (laughs) hardcore parkour hardcore parkour uh okay so my climb i need a, a hard success you said yes so i need to roll 35 or less Okay. Uh, I rolled 18. <laughs> so Carl stands on the shoulder of the Mecha Hydra and is just like, I must get closer to the flames. And he begins to just like, almost like crazy, like Planet of the Apes style shamble across this and like jumping parkour, swings off of a cable that's dangling. And then he gets right up on the knuckles of the fist. And what does he do? Uh, he's going to shoot his nose flamethrower <laughs> at the blimp to blow it up. Wow. Carl doesn't even <laughs> care about his compatriots. Well, Dr. Stephenson are... is going <laughs> to... We're further away. You're further away. We just need to blow up the, the spine. I mean, Francis is in the blimp, but... Was Fra- no, I thought Francis came out. We picked him back up with my telekinesis. Put... I thought he ran and... down with us. No, you put him in the blimp. Well, that was stupid of me. Why did I do that? <laughs> I mean, you didn't make that decision. I made that decision. but Because I wanted this moment, Cade. Ethically, does Carl care if Francis dies? Ethically, Carl doesn't give a shit. It's, it, it, Carl's nuts. Uh, but does, does away, Cade sir? care? <laughs> you Dr. Stephenson would like thing. to panic, look for a lifeboat or something. When players begin to use fire to destroy everything, I make them make hard choices. Um, I, yeah, and there's no way for me to like communicate with Francis before I do this. Uh, he's within wave your arms shouting wildly. Yeah, he's within shouting range. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, we're full on cult leader. Are you ready to be baptized in fire? <laughs> and then a subsequent ocean. I don't think he's making it that far. <laughs> yes, my son, Carl. I'm going to make another climb roll. Uh, four. Yeah, that is a, is about as much of a success as it can get. All right, yeah, you're you're able to shamble out of the Zeppelin out of the way. Perfect. I'm blowing it the hell up. All right, well, I, I think I told you before that your flamethrower is actually a skill, right? Uh, there's fire starting, and then there's flame nose. Yeah, uh, fighting flamethrower. Yes, I guess use flame nose with a advantage with a, with a bonus die because you're just kind of aiming at a giant blimp. <laughs> Extreme success! I rolled five. <laughs> so it starts with just like this this small little like ember like pattern 
swirling on the outside. And then Carl's like, uh-uh. And he, like, takes one finger, puts it over one nostril, and makes it go even further out to the double other. my rage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And before you know it, you see as it just blooms this cherry color across the whole thing. And all in one split second, it opens up and the flames... Uh, explode in a burst of hydrogen gas uh, explosion and for a brief second what is Carl's last thought before he's engulfed by the explosion before there can be darkness there must be fire and he and Francis are incinerated as this blimp blows up, melting all metal around it. And the only reason you're successful is because it manages to blow apart the outside plating of the Mecha Hydra before it then reaches the chain that attaches the head to the base, almost like a mechanical spine, blowing it apart. And then Jody, Cade, and Jaden are sucked out through the icon souls of Carl, Dr. Stephenson, and Francis, and brought back to reality in the core, where they lie gasping, kicked out of the portal before Arid. Kate a single is tear lying on the ground, just like coughs <laughs> out a little bit of smoke, and just like. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that a single tear would roll down my eye remembering the sheer joy Dr. Stephenson felt seeing his greatest creation's magnum opus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Arid quickly hurries forward and, and helps the three of you sit up. And, oh, my friends, you're back. That's, that's, that's three. There's only one that remains. Tell me, how was your adventure? <clears throat> Cakewalk. T- tell me, is my head the same size it was when I went in? <laughs> uh, it's, it's very cute, cue ball-ish, if that's what you mean. I'll take it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> such, such horrors you must have seen in that world. I've heard it is not for the faint of heart. You have no idea. <laughs> None. Yes. Well... While we rest up, you can tell me all about it, but first, why don't you give me some information? What what was the weaknesses that you encountered in this world? How did you defeat the final the final My mind, My mind was the weakness. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, that was the enemy's weakness too. They were all just brain dead. <laughs> their own hubris. Burning down hubris. shacks. Full of them. Yeah. That's their weakness. Fire and hubris. <laughs> <laughs> He's standing over uh, over the, the the grimoire, and he's just like, "I'm I'm not sure what you want me to write. Is is it fire? Is it hubris? Is it? It could be both. <laughs> A giant blimp blowing up. So A psychotic fifteen year old. <laughs> fires and explosions. That's that's the weakness. Yeah, as good as any. Yeah, <laughs> it worked. Right. And he he scribbles it down in the grimoire. And, I'm sure at this point you won't need the help, but, but if the last world should consume you, the next heroes will have it much easier. Now, uh, what of the icons? Which powers would you like me to seal inside your sacred, sacred items? 
<laughs> so, this is a strange request. Can I get a flamethrower that looks like a nose? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so I've been thinking for months. Hey, they have this great thing where they get to steal some sort of power from their icons and... But at no point was I ever clear. I was like, what would they get in Pulp Cthulhu? Like, it's pretty realistic. And then you hit me with a nose <laughs> flamethrower. And the answer is yes. Yes. But, oh, man, was that not where I thought this would go? <laughs> well, what else am I going to take? Mental illness? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Crippling disorders. <laughs> um, yeah, he starts... Uh, he starts... He imbues your ring with uh, the power to produce a, a magic flamethrower shaped like a nose. <laughs> Just... I like the idea of that. We I all wish like we to had talk about a fan how... that like did fan art for us because I need to see that. We always yeah, like to talk about cool how. D&D and tabletop role-playing games aren't, like, the player versus the DM. I feel like it's a little bit player versus DM in this case. <laughs> just like, what can I make that's the weirdest thing in the world? Yeah. And he and has Bruin to Ruin will have to work it. <laughs> yeah, this will be interesting. All right, uh, Jaden, Jody, what are we thinking? I didn't really have any, like, powers. Like, if anything... It would be one of the perks I had, like the not being able to be surprised in battle, mm. or a good one. possibly simply uh, Jeffrey for moral support. <laughs> oh, uh, I will let you take either. <laughs> I'm going to take the cannot be surprised. Okay, okay. Alternatively, I would allow you to have Jeffrey with the animal handling. What do you mean? So your character had like animal handling where you could make Jeffrey do yeah. like certain things. So I'd allow you to keep that aspect of it. But the not being surprised is pretty cool. How elaborate can I get with my animal sidekick? It's the craziest thing you want to throw at me. Well, like getting it to operate complex machinery, like type on <laughs> keyboards. and. We'll say that that will be something that you could roll to do. That would be like the best roll you could make. All right. So All right. Well, Jeffrey instead. Yep. Okay. Mecha okay. Jeffrey, though. Ooh, Mecha I'm Jeffrey. I say that Doctor Stephenson nice. gave him some robot legs before we left. Nice. I like it. I like it. We're gonna have a lot of robots rolling with us. <laughs> Listen, well, we I... we just created like the next step in humanity. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna regret Absolutely. this entire season. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty easy what I'm taking, right? It's obviously the Tinker Trunk. Like, yeah. there's no question about it. Like, what else would I take? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. You can have Nobody the Tinker Trunk. Nobody get hurt. <laughs> I like a... how it's my ma- or my um, creations that are coming out of the game. It's beautiful. <laughs> Aaron, you've actually had a pretty consistent theme of, like, people who, like, do uh, creation. Like, uh, your... Yoski from uh, Starfinder, and now Doctor Stephenson. Yep. Yeah. I like crafting stuff. Yeah. And Eric's looking at your pen, being like, "The more and more we tinker with this, the the more it's like a wand." 
It does do a lot at this point. Very different things. Heals people, shoots lightning bolts. I don't remember the first thing anymore. Or the third thing. Wait, turns into a robot. That's what I mean, second thing. Uh, I, I had it all written down. Summon snap, didn't it? Or what, yeah. Or yeah, it snack. Yeah, yeah, snack. Yeah, snack. Yep. So it can turn into a robot, lightning shoot bolt. lightning, and heal people. It's yeah. genius. That's a great pen. Oh, yeah. Lightning. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, before you go, or before we go, rather, um, there is there is the one last door. You could take a, a sneak peek through it if you wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the door of justice, right? Lastisha. Yeah. 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 And so the three of you, with Arid glancing around your shoulders, approach the portal and through it you see scores of costumed people soaring through the air and slinging themselves off of buildings and and just spectacular battles with all sorts of different mind controls and uh quick speed feats of strength and you know the more i I describe it it seems like a circus but inside of a large metropolitan city metropolitan city a single tear rolls down my face it's beautiful this is all i've ever wanted (laughs) like a circus is how i would describe it (laughs) well with that you guys need to rest up and arid needs to get to the blacksmith forge but for now i'm out of coffee and that means it's time to go Thank you.